I'm Mark Ficciani. Welcome to Forge Your Path. To see the type of impact he's been able to have on the lives of his athletes. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Forge Your Path podcast, episode number 24. I'm really fired up to share this story today because after I learned about it, I just thought it was incredibly cool. It's one I'd never heard about. And man, it just hit me on so many levels. So let's dive in. I heard about this story just as I was wrapping up uh, the second quarter of 2023. And being part of, of running a sales organization, obviously end of month numbers are a big deal. End of quarter numbers are an even bigger deal because you want to hit your numbers. You want to hit your mark. And when I learned about this story, I just thought, man, on so many levels, does this really resonate in terms of trying to finish the right way? Because I think I've talked before about the importance in my mind of a fast start. I always want to be someone that gets out of the gate as quickly as I can. Do everything possible to be a front runner, get out to a lead. Uh, but things are always going to happen during the race, whether that's a literal race, like the one I'm going to share about, or of course, a metaphorical race where it's something we're talking about in sales or some other competitive arena where you've got to finish out a project, finish out an initiative and close on a good note. So this story is about the Mexico City Olympics, 1968. So this is a, a really famous Olympics, and there's some, some other really cool um, side stories from this Olympics. If you know anything about history, uh, it's also the Olympics where you had the Black Power salute at the National Anthem, which definitely reverberated around the world in terms of its message in the context of history during a year where a lot was going on. Um, you, you had... Uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. You had the assassination of Robert Kennedy that year. So just a really dynamic, turbulent, tumultuous time. But this story is really one that, that has nothing to do with um, the social arena. It has nothing to do with what was happening in the rest of the world, which I think maybe it got overlooked or missed for that reason, because in its pure essence, there's just magic in this particular story. So here it goes. So one of the Olympic events is the marathon. And they've been running that since the first Olympics. And if you've ever run a marathon, it's really a massive undertaking. I've run a couple during my lifetime. I unofficially ran the Boston Marathon at age 20. Uh, no, I certainly did not on any stretch of the imagination qualify. For that marathon uh, but I ran it uh, with my best friend Ryan Schneider we decided to do it we did not break any records we certainly did not would not have qualified on any note but did it six years later ran the New York marathon uh, with my my good buddy Mark Siegel and that was a great experience to just get out there we trained properly for that one unlike Boston did a lot better than the first time still didn't break any records but just great to have those under my belt at some point, I feel like when the time is right in life, I'll run another one. But again, I know the pain and, and the hardship that goes with that race. Because when you run a marathon, you can train as much as you want. 
But there's going to be that moment of truth. There's going to be that moment where all your training, all the miles you've logged are somewhat irrelevant because now it's just you, the pavement, and what you've got up here between the ears. And it's the battle in your mind that you've got to win. So Mexico City, 1968, and this race is run in October. So the Olympics were later that year. But even so, you got to imagine that it's going to be hot because we're talking Mexico City, right? In addition, you're also running this race at over 7,000 feet of altitude. I did not realize that Mexico City had that level of elevation. So what does that mean? That means that the runners have less oxygen available to them than they normally would. So you've got two rough factors. You've got the heat, you've got the elevation. This is not a recipe for a record-breaking marathon. So the runners go out and the race begins. Well, not surprisingly, the runners are suffering. People are dropping out due to heat exhaustion. People are struggling with the elevation and this race is a grind. So as a matter of fact, a quarter of the runners don't finish. 19 runners, they quit because of the conditions. They do not make it through. And what's amazing is this story about a runner from Tanzania. His name is John Stephen Aquari. Now, a little background on John Stephen Aquari. He was a very good runner. Obviously, in representing Tanzania, he's got to be the best of his country to be able to be there at this race. But he's not considered an elite runner. He's not someone that's going to challenge for the win. But he's going to run a respectable race. And he's part of the pack, so to speak. So a little before the halfway point, among all the other obstacles and conditions you have there, so he's battling cramps, he's struggling with the heat, he's struggling with the oxygen, but then what's the worst thing that can happen to a runner? He falls. So he takes this spill a little bit before the halfway mark. And what happens? Well, he jams his shoulder during the fall. He gashes his knee, and so he's, got, he's bleeding profusely, but that's not even the worst part of it. He dislocates his knee in the fall. So this obviously is a game changer of an injury, and obviously it's a deal breaker for an injury because it's one thing to fall and hurt your shoulder and go through some discomfort. It's another to have a gash on your leg but if you've got a dislocated knee, that's kind of important to be able to have two functional knees to finish a competitive marathon. So the medical team rushes to his aid. They start to work on him. And, and of course, you know, the conclusion is that he's got to pull out of the race. John Stephen Aquari decides not to do that. He, after getting attention, he gets up and he continues the race. So for over 13 miles, what does he do? He alternates between jogging, hobbling, and walking. And I just can't even envision the amount of pain that that required. Because, again, a 26.2-mile race is a challenge in and of itself. But to run on a dislocated knee is beyond imagination. Every single step of the thousands of steps required 
must have been excruciating. So how does a man do that? How does someone summon the will to be able to finish the race? And here's what, what John Stephen Aquari said. And this quote to me is just one of the most magical things I've ever heard. He said, my country didn't expect me, didn't send me 5,000 miles here to start a race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish a race. They didn't send me 5,000 miles to start a race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. And he says that despite this catastrophic injury, he never once doubted that that's exactly what he was going to do. So over the course of the next hour and change, imagine this. The winner finishes and the next runners come in, silver medalist, bronze medalist, and they give out the medals. So by the time John Stephen Aquari enters the stadium, the race is done. The medal ceremony is already concluded, and it's over an hour and five minutes later that he enters the arena. And I encourage you to watch the clip of his final lap because it, it brings tears in my eyes. Just thinking about the commitment that this man had and the purpose he had that he was going to finish that race no matter what. Obviously, there was no statistical possibility that he was going to win. But he finished the race. And when he crossed that line, that was an ultimate testament to pride. It was an ultimate testament to commitment. And probably the most important way I can label this is this is an incredible test and an incredible show of character. Because I love to win. And it's great to be the front runner. It's great to come in first. And it's great to have success. But what, what is it like when things are not going well? What's it like when you're, you're with your team and you're struggling? Do you have what it takes individually and collectively to finish that race with pride, knowing you're not going to come first? You're not going to break any records. You're not even going to be in the middle of the pack. Perhaps you're going to be way below the mark, or maybe you're that person on a team that's going to come in last place. And when you know that, there's really one of two ways you can go. Most people are going to slump their shoulders and dial back their effort and energy and, and finish in kind of a subpar way. Some people might quit entirely and not put any effort in whatsoever. And then there's this rare few. There's the rare person of character, like a John Stephen Aquari, who decides that my country flew me 5,000 miles not to start a race, but to finish. So he gives everything he has physically. And I imagine emotionally and mentally and spiritually to finishing this race with pride. And what greater statement of character is that than a person giving the best of their ability? I think that it's pretty commonplace out there that people talk about give 110%, give your best. But how often do we really do that? How often are we tested to do that? 
it's easy to put the pedal down when everything's going well, but when things go awry, when you're not hitting the mark, I think it takes incredible character to finish the race and to finish it with your full effort. So as we wrap up the second quarter of 2023 here, and as we look to Q3 and look beyond, in whatever race you're running, hey, I hope you're out there leading the pack. I hope you're chasing down championships, and I hope you're gunning for first place. But if you're that person that's maybe the person who's in last, maybe you're that person who's at the bottom of the pack, do you have what it takes to finish the race? And not just to finish, but to empty the tank and to give it the best of your ability. I believe that if a person can do that, if a person can truly commit and bring the best of themselves to that journey, they're gonna find something out about that process. They're gonna learn something about their limits. And in those other times, when things are going well, they're gonna be a heck of a lot faster and they're gonna be able to push themselves a lot farther because they've relied on that character that no matter what, when, when no one's watching or maybe no one else cares because you're not really on the scoreboard where you think you want to be, you're going to finish the race because it means something to you to do things a certain way. So as you're closing out this quarter, I hope that you're top of the board. But if you're not, hopefully this story gives you that ability to take a little bit of perspective because we're all running our own race respectively and only you know what you gave to that on that particular day and that particular week and that particular month and that particular quarter. So after reading this, I know personally I'm re-examining my bar and my level of investment effort because I know that after hearing about that, there is another level out there for me. There's another level of capacity and commitment that's out there. And knowing that sometimes not going to come in first, it's kind of really what defines us that what we do sometimes when we're in last or when we're in the middle of the pack. So good luck closing out this week and this last little stretch of the quarter and looking forward to kicking off the second half of the year and getting after it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for sharing the message of this podcast. If you like it, please share it with other people and let's keep spreading the message. Have a great day.